It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey, look, welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland look, look Sports Show. Is. Look yeah. who it is. It's there good to is. be back in the chair. <laughs> I haven't seen you look forever. I haven't been here in 10 days. It's been it's a, a minute. Time. Man, you haven't seen so, since November. On that note, Happy New Year to everybody. 2023. Happy New Year, yeah. uh, it's great seeing the guys again. Uh, I can't wait to hear your t- your opinions on a lot of hot topics today. Speaking Very busy show. God. Yeah, before we get into the show, I want to create this as a documented excuse in case there's questions <laughs> yeah. at, at the Lloyd household tonight about why Jason's ass is bright red. He did not go to a dominatrix. <laughs> no, he did not. As far as I know, at he least. He spilled his hot tea literally oh. like 30 seconds before the oh, show started. Because I couldn't hear on the... Why IRP. are you keeping the drink there because if it's hot? Why don't you put it right here? Well, I, we have a table. But I, normally it's okay right there. I've been fighting this cough <laughs> and I reached around and this thing fell and it's a Yeti. You don't think it would spill. So it's still as hot as it was to begin with. Oh, it is Burn Are you ass. okay? I'll, I'll make it. You'll okay. make it. This so, J. Lloyd playing hurt today. Oh, whole geez. lower body's red. And let me find out she was on Tinder, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the excuse. That's the reason he we all witnessed it. He did say he did it. a reach-around. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about a reach-around. I don't know anything about what's going on over there, but Holy. I hope you're all right. Uh, busy, busy show. Obviously, a lot to get into off the news last night of the DeMar Hamlin tragic situation. We're going to try to update you as best we can on that and also get into perhaps, and you never want to speculate in these situations because that's the last thing you want to do, but there is some there is some evidence uh, pointing towards what happened and how it happened, and we're going to d- dive into that. Um, we have, I think, the, the, the guy in Cleveland to t- come on and talk about this, formerly the physician with the Cleveland Browns. Now he's with the Cavaliers. He's, um, he's ahead of the concussion center for the Cleveland Clinic, but uh, don't, don't mistake it. He's certainly uh, qualified to talk about this issue, which clearly was not a head injury. We're going to get to that. Aditi knows Damar Hamlin from his days at Pitt. She has spent time around him. She's going to join us in the noon hour to talk a little bit about her remembrances of Damar, what kind of guy he was, and perhaps is, uh, is. is yeah. yes, um, was when she knew him. Right. Yeah, yeah sure thank you for that because I was like, <gasps> yeah, I know. did I? Just, and that, listen, did I miss something? That was that was the fear last night. I mean, it really yeah. was a legitimate fear. We'll get into all that. And also, by the way, it's uh, you know. I feel like I, I, I want to be careful of what I say you here. Preface this, right? Yeah, because it's going to be mistook the but wrong I'm gonna, way. I'm going to say it anyway. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. Obviously, what happened on the field was scary and shocking, and we're all thinking about it. Right. But if we laugh about another subject or we talk about uh, Donovan Mitchell having a historic night, that doesn't mean we don't care. No, absolutely. Obviously, and and it's unfair. I know. Serena Winters of the Cavs was get people were ripping her on Twitter because she's tweeting. First of all, she's That's not reading Twitter, and she's not even aware of what's she's going on. She's not aware of what's NFL going game. on. She's covering yeah. the game, so people don't be idiots. Obviously, everybody cares. You you don't want to say stupid things like somebody did on Twitter and a couple of people, but like for the most part, we all care. Of course, doesn't mean we can't. Still smile about other things it, and laugh about. It's other a subjects. sensitive line. It moves all the time. I was yeah. conflicted at the. Well, I you was, were at the game, so I was you were game. on our text yeah. chain saying, yeah. I'm, "I'm at the game. I really don't know what's yeah. going on." I was tweeting about our fantasy football score. What right. was going on? Right. right. I didn't know. And yes. the funny thing is, like, uh, at one point last night in the coverage, Scott Van Pelt, who I thought did an amazing job yeah. on SportsCenter, mentioned that, or maybe it was Ryan Clark, who's a buddy of mine, and I was communicating with him he last did a great night job and this morning. He was for me. He was the voice yeah and we can get into why a little bit later but somebody said this isn't just a, a sports story it's a news story and then at one point I think Ryan Clark said this is everybody in the world is watching this that, that that's not true right uh, you know sometimes we're the center of our own universe and I think last night is a perfect example of that Serena Winters has no idea what's exactly. going on exactly 
exactly. none, nor should she. She's no. doing her job. Right. And, and, once, so, and once I found out, I still was tweeting about the Cavs because Donovan Mitchell's having a historic night. Yeah. How are you supposed to ignore a man scoring 71 points? Right. You can't. You know it doesn't I mean? mean you don't care. But, but it means there's other things going I on. I think sometimes people forget that, like, this is your job. It's not like, we're, like, yes, we are regular, but no, we're not regular. We tweet about things that is part of your job. That is a story. That is a story. You can cover both of them. But to make it seem like you're, you're some less, um, you know, plugged in person or you don't yeah. have the emotions. Or, or, or insensitive. Yeah, that insensitive. Was, I, I saw yeah. a lot right. of claims last night. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Look, That's... you know, uh, it's, it is it is a sensitive subject. Of course. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, there were some egregious tweets that I saw. Yeah. And I don't even think we need to get into those because why would we pay them right, any right. mind or attention at all? Right. Um, but for the most part, those that were tweeting about other things, they, many of them had no idea no what clue. was going on. Of course on. not. It's just uh, people looking for something. And, and to it was, you know, you can make the case this was the game of the regular season. Yeah. I mean, going was, into last night, it felt like the biggest game of the regular season. It was so. It was because the crowd. I, I know it spoke to a couple of people who were at the game who said it was the loudest they'd ever ever heard that stadium. They felt that way on TV. The, the, the place was just rocking, and then the Bengals went down the field, and then the Bills went down the field, and then yeah. the Bengals were going out, and then all of a sudden. Dead silence. Yeah. And at first when he gets hurt, I think we all thought, because I, we didn't see him collapse right away because they sh- once they showed you in the replay, you're like, okay, this is not normal. Yeah. Yeah. But at first you're thinking, okay, he hurt his no, knee or whatever it, went to it was. Code Red when, for me, when they showed the cutaway of Josh Allen, I was right. watching with my wife and I said, I'm, I'm afraid this player isn't going to survive. Right. That's what someone looks like when they're watching someone lose their life. It yes. was a horrific, it wasn't. Awful you know, a spinal injury or no movement. It was what you what you look like when you're watching a man who is not breathing take emergency CPR. And that's, as it turned out, that's exactly what Josh Allen was looking at when we saw that yeah. horrific shot. We're going to get into all of that. Yeah. Also, we are going to talk about Deshaun Watson's second half against the Commanders. Is this the real Deshaun Watson? Did he do that against uh, a, 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 I don't want to say inferior defense, but I don't think it's one of the NFL's elite defenses. But we're going to talk about what that meant moving forward. And also, we haven't all given our thoughts yet on the Georgia-Ohio State game and the now subsequent championship matchup, Georgia-TZU, which is exciting. Absolutely nobody nationwide. We'll talk about that um, in greater detail. But first, we begin with DeMar Hamlin. We've talked about it a little bit. If you weren't watching last night or you haven't heard what happened, at about the six-minute mark in the first quarter with the Bengals leading 7-3 and driving against the Bills on Monday Night Football, T. Higgins collided with DeMar Hamlin. It was a I mean, serious collision. Hamlin took the worst of that he blow. He unquestionably did. You know, I was like, because he had more speed. Yeah, I'm watching it. the game. I was like, yeah, I was like pumped up because obviously I didn't know he was hurt. Sure. And I, I was like, I love seeing a receiver go in, like make the, the and he's a big guy to you. Big guy. Too. Yeah. And but, I mean, it, he, but it wasn't a hit we haven't seen a thousand. No, times. it was course thousand percent clean. Yes, yeah. T. Higgins was doing his job. People giving him death threats. Hamlin, supposedly. I know it's it's that's what insane. Wrong with Hamlin was doing his job. Yes, uh, unfortunately, um, it led to a situation where ha- Hamlin went down on the field, and I know the broadcasters were doing the best they could in that. It was moment. a really tough spot. It was a really tough spot, yeah. um, and it was. I think the one thing they drove home, not just Aikman and Buck, but also. Everybody that was speaking on ESPN afterwards, including Adam Schefter and Ryan Clark, this is something that none of us has ever seen. Right. Schefter made a great point. Every player and coach that's on that field right now is watching something that they have never seen before. They were watching a man essentially lying lifeless on the field that moments earlier the biggest game of the regular season was taking place. So what happens is there's frantic efforts to get a pulse from Hamlin. They were conducting CPR. At one point, Joe Buck, who could see everything. Um, So when you're doing a game like that, you do have access to different feeds. And Scott Van Pelt talked about this. You can see other cameras, not just the program monitor. You can see other cameras. And he was seeing things that we were not. So I want to make that clear. Those that had access to those cameras, Scott Van Pelt and specifically Joe Buck, were speaking about things they saw on feed cameras that we weren't seeing. Mm -hmm. Buck had said at one point that CPR was being administered for, quote, many, many minutes. And that's when it really became fearful to me. My doctor, my next door neighbor is Dr. Jim Williams, who was uh, a physician with the Indians for a long time. He's since retired. We were speaking on the phone. 
his fear was my fear. When I was living in New Jersey, my son was playing Little League there. There was a young man who was hit in the chest with a batted ball. And it was the first time I'd ever been made aware of this condition, which has a name. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's actually what happens when you are hit when the heart is between beats. When the heart is paused. It's not It's not beating. It's, it's contracting and it's in between beats. Commodio cortis. That's it. You got it right. I didn't even attempt to pronounce yeah. it because I was afraid I would mispronounce it. I, I knew of that condition back when I was coaching my son in, in New Jersey Little League. This young man died on the field. And as a result of that, mm -hmm. all New Jersey Little Leagues passed a law where there had to be the DFib yeah. unit on site just in the rare event. And yeah. you're talking about a one in a million, right. probably more than that, where this happens. It's when I was talking to, to Dr. Williams, we were both saying the same thing. It has to happen in the exact right spot at the exact right time. And I later thought about it. No, it's the exact wrong, wrong spot, spot at yeah. the exact wrong time. It looks like that's what happened. Again, they said, we don't know. They say, they said the report from the Bills said that he was revived quickly. That's my my yes. question is how quickly? Because yeah, Dr. Don't Williams know how, reminded right. me this morning that at four minutes you begin suffering brain damage. He was apparently in stable condition in the hospital. Critical, but, but critical. Critical. But but he was uh, he's sedated. Right. So I mean, yeah, here's the statement from the Bills. So it, we we don't know. It, it just says his heartbeat was restored on the field. What was the time frame? Right. I go back to Joe Buck's comment that they were performing CPR for many, many minutes. Right. But I don't you think what, it was one thing I took as a good sign, not knowing anything. Obviously, none of us are doctors. But one thing I took as a good sign is when they reported, might have been Ben Baby, who we've had on. I can't remember who reported it first, that the ambulance was waiting for his mom, who was, was in the crowd. Ben. And so my assumption was, I don't know if this is a fair assumption or not. It seems like it would be is that if they were able to not take him to the hospital immediately and wait for his mom, that they probably thought he was, like, it wasn't life or death in that I moment. I agree with least, you, right? and that's a, that was my thought exactly. When, yeah. I, when I heard Ben's report that they were waiting for DeMar's mother, who was in the stands, if you could imagine oh, the terrifying. horror of that entire But good moment. that she's with him. Great obviously. that she's yeah. with him, but can you imagine? I can't. I mean, you, you can't. No, There's no. 106 players in uniform down there. Yeah. The odds that something like this would happen to your son and right. you're in, it's just unthinkable. Beyond awful. It's beyond awful. But I thought the same thing, Bull. I thought that because he must have been stabilized. Now, obviously, they have life-sustaining equipment inside that ambulance. So most right. things that would be available to him at the hospital, they were probably able to administer there. Um, we don't know the timeline other than this. He fell at 855. He was transported from the stadium to the hospital at 925. That's a span, obviously, of 30 minutes. And then we later heard that he was in critical condition. We're not a doctor, um, and, and it is dangerous what we're doing. And I, I apologize for that because the one thing that I told myself coming in this morning is we have to stick with what we know. We yeah. can't speculate. I saw a lot of doctors last night speculating. I sent the group a YouTube video of a doctor explaining the condition that we spoke of, right. what happens in that condition. He had graphics and everything to show exactly how you go into this situation. Now, somebody who covers soccer sent me a message last night. I haven't been able to verify this, so I don't want to give the player's name, but told me of a condition of a soccer player. Christian Erickson. That, uh, that's exactly it. Was Were you able to confirm that? Because I didn't want to mention the name if – I, had, I was not able to confirm if it was the same syndrome, but the situation yeah. was very similar. He just collapsed in the middle of a game. Went down. Heart stopped. They did yes. CPR on the field, took him yes. back, and he's, pl he's back playing now. Like well, this, he is. This now, I don't know if that was from a, a, a trauma event to right. the chest. Well, there was not. an incident like this with a, a hockey player whose name is now escaping me like 20 years ago. Yeah, um, I don't remember that. And he just collapsed you know on what the ice. And he bizarrely had, came to yeah. my mind last night. I don't know if you guys remember this. You may because you're a huge baseball fan. I believe it was around 
the, in the 90s the when manager, the Cherry. The umpire. No, John Cherry. At opening day. Opening day in at Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And they kept playing yeah. the game. And we were, I, that, yeah. was, that was when Cincinnati was the national opening day right, game. Right, right. So many people were watching this. It was the it was first inning he started to game. walk towards the dugout. He and took a step out. and he went faced first down. Yeah. And everybody that was watching that immediately knew what was going on. Right. And Cherry was a big man. He's only, I think, 50. Yeah. Or in his, in his early 50s. He went down. And that's what came to mind for me. It was obviously a massive heart attack. He did yeah. not survive. Um, that's what came to mind to me. And the other thing that came to mind to me, which is another bizarre Cincinnati tie-in, was that's the same field that we watched Tua suffer his trauma earlier right, right, this yeah. season. Right. And Shazier it, as well, right? Ryan Shazier yes. as well. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. That was at Cincinnati. So a lot of bizarre coincidences. Uh, McNuggets, if you will, let me know when we have Dr. Figler on. I will. By the way, Christian Erickson, it just says he had a cardiac arrest. Okay. That, so I wasn't – That's, all that's why I didn't yeah. want to go with that, but it, it was it was told to me that a similar situation. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have the time to look into it, so I didn't want to say for sure. I think his was not trauma-related. He just went down yeah. with a cardiac incident. It was a not – he was walking. The NFL has been – the NFL has been highly criticized for how they've handled – they handled this. And we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that because I don't – some of that's fair, but I think a lot of it's unfair. I noticed this morning that Troy Vincent, who is management with the NFL, was very, very quick, and I knew that this was coming. When Scott yeah. kept reiterating the five-minute point last night, yeah. I kept saying, mm -hmm. uh, commissioners on line one to the control room because yeah, hey. you don't – I'm not was, buying – I'm not buying that they weren't doing that. I don't know, and I, I think what the, I think the one thing that I, if I would have been able to talk to Scott in that moment, I would yeah. have said I would go he less heavy on that point. In case you're wondering what we're talking about, during the broadcast, Joe Buck had said each team has been told to gather themselves, take five minutes before we resume play. I don't know where that came from. Joe didn't source it. I'm assuming that someone told Joe that that's the case. Joe gonna, didn't pull that out of thin air. That up. I don't, he didn't pull that out. Of I don't buy the I league. I don't, I don't, trust me. Yeah. There's two time frames that, that <laughs> these parents are looking at. One is the five minute rule. Yeah. The second thing is how long did it take before they decided to go to the hospital and why did they wait with his mother? Wait for his mother. Well, that's a medical thing. That's not an well, NFL well, here, thing. Well, here's, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because if, if right now he's incredible, Lord forbid any of that. But when you start having these timelines, if anything goes down, if he does not, is not able to play anymore. Yeah, my, I agree with that. Why wasn't he immediately like, transported? They're, they're going, the fact that you would want his mother to be with him is true. But, but that, to me, is why your thought exactly was yeah. mine. Well, he must be stabilized. Right. They uh, must that, to be, me, that has nothing to do with the NFL. That's that's a no, doctor's thing. No. Yeah. The, the they, NFL's they decision, the decision to wait. about it, whether they were going to play or not. That I think we need to give credit to Coach Taylor. I, I don't know. Both that, coaches showed great leadership But I thought Zach night. Taylor did something last night that – spoke to me in the vein of sportsmanship and how we put so much on every play. And right. this is last night, beginning at 8.55, the Bengals and the Bills were on the same team. And I don't think I've ever seen an incident like this where the sportsmanship was just jumping off the screen at you. Yeah. The, the images to me that jump out was Joe Burrow consoling a obviously, obviously, rattled Josh Allen. Yeah. When Zach Taylor, because it, they showed shots of Stephon Diggs rallying the troops. Right. And they, at that they point, thought they I were thought, play. This, yeah, it's crazy. They are not going to restart this game. But yeah. to me, the competitor took over in Diggs, who also was clearly rattled with right. tears on his face. When they took that shot, I thought, my God, they're planning to resume this game. I've yeah. never seen a game. I've never. This is crazy. I've never since I was a little kid. Pop Warner, middle school, junior high. I've never seen a game canceled because of injury. No. Even if there was serious. Even if it was serious spinal never. cord injuries, never. like or guys are not moving, couldn't give a thumbs and up. And we've seen many players taken off the field that were immobile. Even if, even if they had to take it out of Madden because in Madden they used to bring the, the like if you playing a game somebody get hurt they used to bring the ambulance on the field take them off and you start playing again yeah they had to take that out of the game because they felt that was insensitive but for for football players for a certain extent all of what you do you play whether it's raining yeah. whether it's snow we don't cancel games it's almost like it's been indoctrinated into yeah. your DNA that it don't matter what happened. You gonna play? Yeah. You're by right. the way, the first and time Ryan I, Clark said that too. The first time I ever did play-by-play, -play, I was like work, do, working for a community college radio station. I was like 22 years old, 
and the, I was calling a high school football game, and the coach had, I, I think we thought it was a heart attack. It turned out not to be, but he had to be taken away. And this was the head coach of one of the high school football teams, and they just kept playing. Yeah, it's, 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 it is unprecedented. Now, yeah. it also should be pointed out that we've never seen a situation like this before. No, nothing. We have seen no. spinal injuries, but even in that case, in, in the vast majority, they end up okay. We've seen players paralyzed on the field of yeah. play. It's happened that I can think of a number of times, going all the way back to Daryl well, Stingley. The guy on the, the Jets, um, uh, Steve Bird. Yeah, the Rutgers player. There's been a lot of players. Uh, uh, I got his name. He speaks he, now. He's, he's yeah, still, he's, he's still, a good friend of my son. Yeah. Um, um, he's still, I think, he's still in a wheelchair, correct? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. No movement from the Legrand. legs down. Uh, Eric Legrand. Eric Legrand, yeah. We've seen that. But what we, the, the reason this was water that we've never traveled in before was because we were watching teammates and opposing players Watch a man lying lifeless on the right. field before, and to my knowledge, that's never happened. You I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never. I, I even, you know, I know Adam Schefter talked at length last night. He couldn't find an incident before where a player's heart had stopped on the field, and that clearly was the case. Right. They were administering CPR. I mean, Hank gathers, but that was obviously natural. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, but it, I, it was its own. He had heart conditions. He wasn't that we pronounced dead until they took him to Loyola. True, I mean, he right. didn't die on the playing surface. Yeah. Um, Usually, the player gives, no matter how bad the injury is, the player gives the thumbs up. And you feel better. Everybody cheers. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and that's okay. kind of the sign. That, get back to work. We can play. And, that, right. and that's, that is kind of crazy. That's the unofficial sign that the player does that says, hey, guys, I'm cool. Y'all can go ahead and play now. Right, it is. Mm-hmm. That's he, no matter how serious the injury is. And I think is. Bird was the first one ever to do that. Right, but no matter how serious the injury is, there's always the thumbs up, and then everybody's like, okay, yeah. at least he's going to be okay on some level. And we were okay waiting some, some of that. And yes. I think at some point last night, I think – if there had been definitive word from the rescue crew that we have a heartbeat, all of his vitals are stable he's and awake. normal, yeah. he's awake, we're going to transport him and keep an eye on him just for safe, just right. to be sure. Then you could have played. I think they probably would have yes. resumed play. And I do think that we can't dismiss the fact that this was a monumental game with humongous sure. implications. Yeah. Actually, you can take it all the way to who wins this year's Super Bowl. Yeah. Because home field advantage, we know how critical that is. Buffalo is fighting for that. Buffalo is beating Kansas City. Kansas City's watching all this saying, what are we right. going to do? The Bengals and Bills are both still alive for the one seed. They are. And yes. the Chiefs are still and in the, the mix. Right. So there are a lot of implications. At this point, this is the year of the decision for the NFL. Because I thought prior to this, the Deshaun Watson decision was, to me, one of the most closely watched decisions the league has ever made. Everybody was watching, and there was a huge stake in the, in the game. I think that this is, per, this is bigger. Yes. Because of what it means to From the playoffs. There's standpoint. a man's life yes. that's hanging in the balance, and I don't know that the NFL can make a definitively right decision. No. That no matter what they do, they're going to be criticized roundly. Let me throw out my idea. Tell okay. me what you guys think. I, I liked your idea, by the way, and I haven't okay. heard anybody else mention it. This is what I think they should do. Now, this is assuming the guy is alive. Right. If he dies, then I don't. I, everything could go out the window. I don't know what's going to happen. But let's hope for the best in that he's at least awake and and recovering at some point this week. What I think the league should do from a football standpoint is push the entire season. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't hear? Okay. I thought you were going to say the tie. Because initially when you said call this game a tie, I thought that's absurd. No, no, no. But the more I started thinking about it, the 12th tiebreaker, which may come into play here, is a coin flip. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody wants to flip a coin. No, no. Here's what I think they should do. Because I feel like – from a football standpoint, you you want to play the game. You do. Right? So, what I think they should do is take the last week of the regular season, which is week 18. Right. And move it and the entire postseason back a week except for the Super Bowl. Remember, there's, there's two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. You could go one week. You They've could done condense it before. that. It used to be there, there were seasons where there was just a week. That's right. Move everything back a week. Next weekend, you give everybody the weekend off. You play the Bills and Bengals only Next Monday night. Okay, I, I think that that and is the best scenario I've I, heard. I don't know what else Jay, you do. Jay, do you like that? I mean, it's not ideal. It's but not ideal. It's the best option I've heard yes. because, quite frankly, the coin flip, I read some things online this morning where they talk about, you know, if in the event a game cannot have a, a final result, yeah. the 12th tiebreaker comes down to a coin flip. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants that. Right. That is doable. You could not move the date of the Super Bowl at this point. No, now, but you – 
the other thing is yeah. hotel rooms are still booked for the AFC and NFC championship. I get it. But Those weekends would change. It does become a logistical tricky, nightmare. But, but you don't but have perhaps. to change the Super Bowl. And right. then, you know, you get the game in. We'll I, talk more yeah, about that yeah. later in the program. Right, right now, I want to bring in uh, Dr. Richard Figler. He's the guest that I mentioned at the top of the show would be joining us to talk about this. Dr. Figler is the director of the Cleveland Clinic uh, Concussion Center. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Um, th- pleasure. I, I want to get your immediate reaction to what you were thinking as you were watching all of this unfold last night. Yeah, so uh, started getting uh, the phone started blowing up pretty quickly uh, as I was covering the Cavs game, and um, it was, uh, you know, kind of eerie looking at it. Now, this is what we prepare for being in, in, in sports medicine. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, the athletes are, are taken care of during these catastrophic or potentially catastrophic events. The first thing I thought of was, you know, were they doing everything correctly? And, uh, you know, my hat's off to, to everyone out there that covers these games because, you know, it's a vital part of, of what we do out there. And it looks like, you know, things were done 100 percent appropriately. They got out. They, they identified what was going on right away. And they started treatment immediately, uh, and and we know that when people get treated immediately for these kind of issues, uh, the outcomes are significantly better. And that's been educational moments, uh, not just at the at the you know Cleveland Clinic where we have a catastrophic injury course before every season. This is I think our eleventh year of doing it, and we know we've had emergency action plans that have been on. Uh, part of our every arena, every facility uh, to make sure that, you know, everyone is prepped and ready to go in case this happens. Um, you know, the, it, it looks like they they were ready. And, and, and again, my hat's off to the medical team for taking care and, and you know, thoughts and prayers, obviously, out to, uh, to, to his family and, and him to, to make a speedy recovery. If, if, you know, I don't know all the details, obviously, about it, but... Uh, you know, the hope is, is that with that early intervention, things get better. Before the advent of defibrillators and, you know, the education about CPR, uh, if, you know, depending on what it is, uh, from a cardiac standpoint, if this is truly cardiac, uh, the outcomes were, were not nearly as favorable as they can be with the appropriate early treatment. Doc, oh, go ahead. Go Doc, ahead. When, you, when you see the, uh, the ambulance waiting in the tunnel for his mom to come, I just, as a non-doctor, was like, oh, that must be a good sign that they don't have to rush him to the hospital. They can wait for his mom. What did you, I, I don't know if you'd heard about that part. What do you make of that? Is that a safe assumption to make that it's a good sign that they're able to wait for his mother? Yeah, so uh, more than likely that, you know, it, it wasn't an emergent situation. So there's, a, there's all these things that go off in our head when these things happen, like, what is the most likely cause of the athlete falling down? You know, in the football field, as you guys have probably talked about, it's concussion. But um, when something happens the way that it happens, we have to think cardiac, 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 uh, and make sure that we act on that appropriately. So in my mind, the fact that they waited for his mom to come in and say something and, and, and you know, see him, uh, yeah, I think it's a good sign that he was stabilized enough where they had that time to, you know, to say, okay, we don't have to rush him into the operating room right away. and. And I'm sorry, I've been in clinic all morning, so I don't know, but I haven't heard anything from a standpoint of he's gone to surgery or anything like that, which would make us think that this is not something that would need to have surgical intervention on right away, which yeah, is we know also of, That we know of, doctor, there um, have been no updates this morning. And I know at one point the hospital had said that it was unlikely that they would give uh, an update early this morning. It's now approaching noon, and we still haven't heard anything definitive on the situation. Last word, he was in critical condition. I know that... We don't want to speculate as to exactly what the condition was, but I know that there were a lot of folks in the medical community that were theorizing that because of the kind of hit he took, it was a dramatic um, blow to the sternum area. A lot of folks were speculating that perhaps this is that rare and untimely condition where there is a a traumatic event to to the heart while it's between beats um what can you tell us about that and and if that is what what happened in your experience what is the likelihood of a full recovery from that if it indeed is what happened so uh you know i'll be honest with you the first thing i said when 
the one of my partners showed me the video, as I said, well, that looks like it's commotio cordis, which is what you're talking about. So as the heart is kind of re repolarizing, it's kind of re-energizing its electricity to, to beat again. Uh, that's when this, it's a very small window of about 10 to 30 milliseconds in that process that this event can potentially happen. It usually happens in younger people. Uh, we see it and uh, it's, it's commonly known in, in baseball players, you know, getting hit in the chest with a baseball, uh, especially pitchers. Um, and it's, it's a very, like you mentioned, untimely uh, process. So it has to be the right angle of impact. It has to be the right vector. And then it has to kind of set up this cascade where the heart goes into an abnormal rhythm because uh, it, it kind of just it disrupts the rhythm. Uh, and it goes going to something called uh, ventricular fibrillation, uh, which is why, I, from what I understand, they shocked him at the time. And it's a very, what we call a shockable rhythm that can be, be helped out. What we do know is with, uh, it's one, as you mentioned, very rare event, right? Uh, uh, if you look at all the NCA data, they've collected NCA data over the course of you know, the last 20 or so years, and it accounts for about 2% of the sudden cardiac deaths in, uh, that happen in NCA athletes, which is not a big number to start off with. It's probably like one or two in the past 10 or 15 years. So even though it's a rare event, it's something that you know we think about when there's a, a blow to the chest. And you know, watching the video, it would make sense that he felt good enough to come up, but then, you know, when the blood's not pumping to your brain, your brain tells you, hey, okay, we got to lay down to get the blood back up to our brain and, and get things rolling again. And that's more than likely what happened to him when he fell back down. Uh, so what saves lives in these instances are automatic external defibrillators, the AEDs. And the fact that they had that on him within minutes, you know, we know that you know, within three minutes or so, the survivability goes up significantly. After three minutes, it goes down significantly. So, you know, starting CPR, getting the blood up to the brain, getting the blood to the vital organs, you know, those are things that, you know, you don't have the luxury if you're sitting in your living room and you, this happens to you uh, if you pass out or uh, if it happens when you're on a walk or a jog in the park. You know, this immediate access that they have, and, and the, again, I can't stress enough, the plans that are in place, you know, across uh, um, football fields, you know, whether it's high school, college, wherever it is, where, where we're covering those games, you know, this is why we prepare for this stuff to make sure that it's done as quickly as possible. Because, you know, we, we say time is time is heart muscle, time is myocardium. We want to make sure that we preserve as much as we can. Um, and, and and again, the rest of it, like you mentioned, is speculation as to how he's going to recover from this. But, you know, knowing that he got what he needed as soon as he got it is a is a great sign that you know they're giving him the best opportunity. Uh, moving forward. So, Doc, what is the treatment from this point forward? Is it just the body recovering itself, or what medically? What do you do from this point forward now? Yeah. So, so, so a lot of that speculation because we don't know exactly what caused it, right? So, let's say that it is commotio cordis. Uh, it depends on what other organs may have been irritated or uh, damaged during the event. And again, 100% speculation. You know, uh, did he get enough blood to his brain? Based on CPR, typically that's okay. That's that's what it is. You know, could he have had something else going on that we're not even aware of? We're talking about the speculation of commotio cordis, but you know, could he have had something going on with his aorta? Could he, he have been, you know, sick before this and had a, a potential for viral myocarditis or an inflammation of the heart or an effusion or swelling around the heart, which could be caused by some viruses? So we don't know those the answer to a lot of those questions. So again, it, it's speculative, but it comes down to is he in a normal rhythm, which, from what I understand, I've you know read that he is in a normal rhythm. And then you know how much damage was done to his heart muscles during that time. So when he goes in the hospital, you know control his bleeding, sedate him, you know get his heart rate under control. They check enzymes for his heart to make sure that the heart enzymes have, aren't uh, you know when you have a heart attack, we check heart enzymes, but they can get damaged during this as well. And we monitor this the sequence of and and the and the, the you know the elevation or, or decreasing of those heart enzymes as he's getting better, which is, you know, and monitoring his vital signs, et cetera, et cetera, just to make sure that, you know, all things are taken care of. And you, and you know that whoever's taking care of him is, is, is doing a great job because not just because of who he is, but just because that's what we do. Right. Doctor, really quickly. Um, is this injury preventable? Uh, is it preventable? It's a great question. So we've, 
so when we first started knowing about this years and years ago, they did a lot of studies on, on how to protect the, um, protect the athlete. Um, one, it's a timing thing that's really bad luck. Uh, but yes, uh, we've, we've seen chest protectors uh, that have been put on athletes that are at higher risk, uh, um, especially, like I mentioned, baseball players, which is where we see the majority of commotio cordis. Again, speculating that this could be that. Um, so when you say, is this preventable? The question is, what is preventable? When we look at just sudden cardiac events, so not sudden cardiac death, but sudden cardiac events where somebody goes down and we think that it's from a cardiac event. The thing that we have found to be the most preventable is education. So having people around you that know how to do CPR, an emergency action plan that utilizes the AED to get somebody from an abnormal heart rhythm that could be fatal out of that heart, abnormal heart rhythm into a normal heart rhythm that is more sustainable with you know a better outcome. And so when you say preventable, the answer to that is probably not. The, the question is, is how do we prevent a more catastrophic outcome? And that is with the education, the CPR, the AEDs, and, and you know, quick action when those, when those events happen. Doc, when you, in, the, in the release, it said he was sedated. He was in. He was stable. You talk about his heartbeat uh, being normal. You said you right. And and when he's sedated, what does that mean exactly? Like we've all heard the word, but what what does that mean when a guy is sedated? Is he completely out? Is he just in a fog? Like what exactly is his condition right now? Well, yeah. So without you know, right. Yeah, so without knowing the specifics of it, you know, the the chances are um, is when he was put into if he was intubated, they have to, they sedate him so they can control the blue the breathing, right? So, you know, there's there's a bunch of different sedations. There's sedation where you're kind of in a twilight zone, uh, but there's also sedation where you're completely knocked out so we can kind of control everything. So we know that there's less stress on the body because you're not really fighting, so to speak, because you're, you're in a restful state. So, you know, if he was intubated, the chances are, I mean, you know, with the tube down your throat, if he's awake, he's going to try to pull it out. So the chances are is he was sed- if he was sedated because he was intubated, it was to protect him from to protect his airway and get control of the breathing, you know, calm the heart rate down, uh, et cetera. So, um, you know, hard, again, hard to say, but in, in the in the event that this could potentially happen, my assumption is that if he was sedated, he was probably sedated at the same time. Well, doctor, uh, just great information. I know it's we put you in a difficult spot. We're asking you to talk about a condition that we don't even know is officially. That's right. I thought you navigated it uh, real, real very, very we well. Go, go just, ahead, Jace. I'm just wondering, doctor, what would you put the percentage? I hate to put it that way, but in your in your expert opinion, is that what we're dealing with? Percentage in what percent? The uh, oh, commotion cortis. Yeah. So, what else could it be? I guess. Is yeah. What so, yeah. So I think the, the, the again, completely speculative, right? Playing, sure. you know, Monday morning quarterback. Uh, so if, if I, if, if I were to say, you know, based on the events, based on the video, based on what we looked at, you know, it's kind of similar to when we see other ankle injuries, like, okay, well, that's an ankle sprain. You know, you see an ankle sprains that people have seen the bottom of their foot and they're out for three months. You see ankle sprains that people walk it off and they don't miss a beat. So, you know, you can kind of, project some of that when you when you look at the video based on the the video i would say it's a very high likelihood that it's commotio cordis and without knowing any other history then i would become more speculative and this is where the brain goes into this kind of what we call a differential diagnosis a secondary diagnosis of okay well if it's not that then what is it right so other things that could potentially happen um there are uh, people that have uh unknown to them what are called ion uh, channelopathies where for whatever reason, there's an excitation in the heart that the cells just don't conduct normally. And you may never see that at all when they're going throughout their daily activities, their strenuous exercise, they're lifting, they're playing, et cetera, et cetera, that they're just, they've more succumbed to that. That is typically during heavy exertional exercise, not with a blow to the chest and then that. Um, other things that can happen is, I mentioned the viral myocarditis. And, and we're not talking about, you know, necessarily COVID. You can get it from other viruses as well. Um, but you could have uh, an inflammation of the heart that kind of sets it up to be a little bit more inflamed and a little bit more irritated where a hit like that could potentially cause an abnormal rhythm. You could have with that a little bit of fluid around the heart. The heart is covered in a sac. And sometimes a little bit of fluid can uh, uh, develop around that area if they did get um, an inflammation around the heart. Again, speculative. 
but that could cause a little bit of, again a little bit more excitation. Uh, there's something called an aortic dissection uh, that where the, the aorta, which is the main artery that comes off the heart, uh, can kind of tear a little bit. But I, you know, I, I would I would not have expected them to stop for his mom if that were the case. I would have expected them to you know be like rushing to to the OR right away if that were the case, or yeah. at least uh, um, uh, an area where he could get that taken care of right away. So so those are all the things that kind of went through my mind when we were thinking, you know, what else could this potentially be? That I don't one, think it's a concussion. I don't think it's anything, you know, along that lines. I didn't see it. I mean, again, I didn't, I wasn't watching the game, but I don't know if we get it in the head earlier or anything like that, you know, in all honesty, you don't get CPR when you have a, you don't get shocked if you have a concussion. Right. Doctor, one last question before we let you go. The one thing that I've noticed about the player's equipment over the last three or four years, particularly this season, has really jumped out at me, is how much smaller the shoulder pads are that these players are wearing. In some instances, it looks like these guys are playing with no shoulder pads at all. I, I'm wondering, I, I know you said it's it's not preventable, but I, I'm familiar with the piece of equipment, the chest plate that is a strap-on for pitchers mm-hmm. to wear. Is is Would it reduce the likelihood of this happening if that padding over the sternum area was thicker? Or is it still going to happen if there is that traumatic event to the exact wrong spot at the exact wrong time. Yeah, I think that that last part is probably what, you know, it, it, it'd be, I, I don't think that it, it's, it's really, it's hard to say, right? We know that this happens in younger kids more so than older kids. We think it's because of physical maturity and the extra pec muscle that they get over the course of time that acts as a little bit more of a protector and the, you know, the, the bones get a little bit firmer as well. Um, you know, the padding, obviously, you know, most for most of the shoulder pads, they become smaller and lighter because the materials have become stronger and lighter as well. So they're able to wear these, and they feel like they're a little bit more protective than you know the cardiac kids back in the you know seventies right. or in, in the eighties, right? Yeah. So when when you think about the materials and everything that are in there, even the foam is different from a compression standpoint. Um, you know, I think that that's going to lead to a lot of potential speculation, but. Um, I think I said that word like eight times in the past 15 well, minutes, but that's what we're but, doing. But, but from a standpoint of, you know, being protective, uh, you know, the equipment continues to, to evolve over the course of time based on injury patterns, based on, you know, what we see in the field and, and things that are more common, right? You remember the skull caps that guys were wearing sure. uh, during uh, two days to try to prevent the, the, the risk of concussions. Look at the helmets from you know five years ago to now, and how much they've changed, and how different people were in different helmets based on positional. And you know, so, a lot of the technology that has gone into that is based on injury patterns that we see. This is a rare event, and, and like you said at the end, this is you know wrong place, wrong time, wrong everything, and, it, and it's a, a hopefully a better outcome than than what we're you know we just we hope it's a great outcome based on what we know was available for him at the time. The AD the CPR and, you know, immediate response with the medical personnel to get them in the right place for the right thing. Doctor, thank Thanks, you very doc. much. Uh, Dr. Welcome. Williams told me last thank night you'd be the perfect guy for this job. He was absolutely right. You nailed it. Tough uh, spot. That's not, I, well, great. I appreciate it. He's, he's a great guy, but I didn't pay him any money to say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna yeah, I'm glad my mom didn't call in during the show either. <laughs> Doctor, be well. Thank you again very Thank much. You. Appreciate right, it. Just to show you, um, like, I, I reached out to Dr. Figler last night while the Cavs game was in overtime, knowing right, right. he was very busy. He's the Cavs physician. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Dr. Williams assured me um, he's, he, he's a great guy. He is the guy yeah. you want. On this topic. And by the Speaking way, we've been busy quick. watching Donovan Mitchell right, for 71. Right. Yeah. But by the way, who has a doctor like that on like 11 o'clock? You know he was busy. Yeah. Like, we're the first two to break it down like that. Shout out to him. Yeah, for well, the yeah, Cleveland right. Clinic helped because I also emailed Grant over at the yeah. clinic to try to, you know, just to go through the proper channels. Right. But they, they jumped through hoops to make him available for us this morning. We're very glad he did. I think we're all a little smarter on what sure, happened last yeah. night. And I actually feel a little bit better. Yeah. To the aortic dissection that he spoke of, Dr. Williams told me the same thing. Like, if, if it was an aortic dissection, 
that's even if it wasn't a full dissection, but just a tear, they would have had you him to go. the hospital within minutes. Right, yeah. right, right. So um, it seems like they so, did everything and that right. Is surgery. That's immediate surgery. Immediate yeah. surgery, and it doesn't always save your life. Right. I mean, the brain starts. The brain damage occurs at about the four-minute mark once it's without oxygen. Well, the fact that they had the AED that, that he was being defibbed on the field. Right. I think, um, and he also uh, it, during our text exchange this morning, he told me something that was um, incredible that I never knew. And it's something to watch for in the future when these kinds of things happen. He's stadium response. And Doc Williams, my neighbor, was stadium response. And, and he, uh, Doc Figler was formerly with the Browns, now he's with the Cavs. He was telling me that they think of everything that could possibly go wrong in these situations. So the doctors all have, the team medical physicians all have radios with them. If in the event the radio communication fails, there are hand signals that they can use. That, right. that, that they can communicate things that are going on between them and perhaps the ambulance crew or other medical personnel. Uh, this is something that a great deal of time, thought, and energy has gone into this protocol. Right. And I think what we witnessed last night, and he said himself, he thinks everything was done properly. The hope is that it was. This man regains full function, and it's not outside the realm. I've had other doctors tell me this morning that, I, I was asking questions, again, speculative, but is this potentially career-ending? And no one seemed to think that it was, provided yeah. he survives and there was no heart damage. The, the, the likelihood of this happening again to him is the same as it is to happening to every other player, which is one in a million. Yeah. How many hits have we seen? Yeah. Well, unless he has some condition. Unless that, there yeah. was some damage done to his heart. Right. We don't know that yet, but we'll right. probably know more later in the day. So, again, thanks. Yeah. Big shout-out to the Cleveland Cl Clinic and to Dr. Figler. And we transition. Right. to that Cavaliers game because I've never been in a spot in my fandom before where I was so conflicted on what I wanted to watch. That's why right. I was, I'm, I'm, obviously with two screens, you can do two things at once. But as dialed in as I was to the injury situation, I'm watching the Cavs game thinking at one point, by the way, with about 40 seconds to go, this is an L and this is right. a bad L. Well, they were awful in the first they half. They were not good. <laughs> but – Watching what Donovan Mitchell did and the putback on the missed free throw with three seconds to go Crazy. may go down as, <clears throat> and I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, and I also know that the Kyrie three and the LeBron block in the grand pantheon of Cleveland sports meant much more. Yeah. Don't, but don't, in the single snapshot I'll, I'll of a moment, I'll need your yeah, because you are uh, the Duke of Niger. <laughs> yes. But what was amazing, I, I can't remember um, – it felt like Rajay Davis because all it did was tie the game. Yeah. That was it. But you quickly could sense that there was no way when that game got to overtime that team was going to lose. Yeah, and they no carried chance. that momentum. Jason, what in the hell was it like being in the arena for that game last night? Absolutely remarkable because, I mean, I was in San Antonio when Kyrie scored 57 against the Spurs. Mm -hmm. And that's the Spurs. Like, Pop don't let anybody score 57 on you. And I saw him drop 55 on, I think it was uh, Portland. Yep. Donovan scored 55 after halftime. <laughs> after halftime, he scored 55 last night. Because I, I was there for pregame, and then I left. I actually had to come here. I came to Channel 3 and shot a thing with Jim Donovan for the 7 o'clock news. Went back to the arena. Had a story I had to finish that was running today on Mike Brown. So it was probably 8 o'clock before I even got into the bowl. And I think he had like 30 or 40 when I sat down and thought, oh, okay, Donovan's having a pretty good night. So then you just watch Donovan. I, I, for me, I'm watching Donovan at that point, not even sure if I'm going to write or not because I just missed half the game. Yeah. No, I didn't. I was there for the most yeah. important yeah, part. Yeah, you saw it By all. By the way, there was, there was part of me uh, in, in overtime that I, I wanted the game to go to double overtime more than the Cavs to so win. So he could so get more than 81. I thought if, if it goes to double <laughs> overtime, but you, that, that option was quickly off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought the same thing you did. Yeah. I said, you know what? If we get a second overtime, 81's in reach. He scored. Which is Kobe's. Yeah, number he two scored, all time that regulation. Yeah, that yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. By the way, he nuts. Well, as Wilt did 100. Yeah, well, crazy. Wilt scored 100 with no threes. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Right, no yeah. threes. Yeah, but but he had, I, I think in the entire overtime there was 19 points scored total by both teams, and he had 13 of the 19 points. There was a point in the game I watched. It was it was in the overtime. Donovan yeah. had played 47 minutes. He played more than anybody else on the floor, yeah. and he took the outlet pass and beat everybody. Who everybody? Down the floor. Yeah. I'm I like, saw. this man has played more minutes than everybody on the court. And Did you see the Windhorst article this morning? No. I, I was unaware of this. Brian, The great Brian Windhorst, a, a friend of mine, really and I think he's just mine. a tremendous yeah. writer. These are the things that Windhorst turns because he talks 
to guys and he keeps notebooks on things. He's like, I may never need this, and he throws mm-hmm. it away. But he came back to it overnight, and I thought it was brilliant. I'll read it to you. For eight weeks this summer, there was Donovan Mitchell running endless sprints. And listen to this workout. I've never heard of this. Mitchell, his trainer, David Alexander, and a jug of water. Six sprints of 50 meters. Okay, you're gassed at six. If you do six fifties, you're gassed. That's 60 yards in a football. Then five, 100 meters, three at 200 meters. And here's the kicker. And here's why he was able to do what he did last night. And then at the end, two lung busting 400s, the most grueling of them all on a surface that was usually around 100 degrees in heat. My son uh, is a coach, and he does sprint workouts and trainings, and he trains mostly for burst. But he also is familiar with distance workouts. This is unheard of. This is Walter Payton climbing the hill in offseason kind of stuff. And that's why he was able to turn in that performance. We had last we night. used to have three four hundreds as our test, and you used to have to make it like in like eighty five seconds. And the last one, you they just had the trash cans ready because you was gonna throw up. And then they moved it to twenty two one tens, two, and, and you only had a couple minutes in between, a couple seconds in between. This man, I'm gonna tell you what, man, it's unheard of. That's unheard of. He's doing that by himself. I don't know. He plays like he's been underestimated. Like I said, I when he got here, I was like, bro, I, I didn't think he was that good. I didn't. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was that good. I'm telling you right now, man. For for my bang for my buck, I ain't never seen nothing like that. I I I, I didn't see LeBron. I didn't see Kyrie. And I get it. I don't know Kyrie hit that shot, but the level that he plays at that won't let his team lose. I have not seen that in, in very. He may not people. win the MVP, but he is damn well he, in the he, thick he of that it, conversation. He better be in it. I mean, he's after this, votes. he's catching votes. He, he's he's moving dude. up from six to three in yeah. my mind. Well, Just, we're not even at the halfway point of the season, so it's a no, way we're not. Go, that, you know what though? That's yeah. a good thing. That means it he's got be, more yeah, of this right, to come. Exactly. I mean, he could have very. They could have very easily just got blown out and went home. They were yeah. and down just twenty-three early in the third quarter without Darius Garland, without Evan Mobley. To it felt like an L from jump. It really did. That's why I wasn't that interested. But I was looking back every yeah. now and again. And I'm like, God, it's still big double it's digits. Tw- and then they got it to single digits. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I, but I did think that by himself, it was going to be too tall of a task. What I said was because he's got the whole team on his back and no Garland, no Mobley. I immediately felt he's going to have a terrible fourth quarter yeah, he because he's got to be gassed. Yeah. But when I read that paragraph from Wendy this morning, what I immediately thought of, and I want your takes on this. You said what I was thinking. He's doing that on his own. You did it because the coach ordered it. To me, that one paragraph told me all I needed to know if I didn't already about who this guy is. Yeah, and unlike he is Kyrie, driven to be not just great, yeah. but he's driven to be an MVP. And unlike Kyrie, Jason, he's likable. He's a good teammate, right? His play, the, the guys love him. Yeah, it seems he has right. Fit like seamlessly, I mean, that's huge. He fits seamlessly into the lineup, into the locker room, into the city. Did you go into the locker room post game or no? I did briefly. What was um, what was the most the of them vibe? were cleared out? They, the NBA changed its rules post COVID, yeah. on, so by the time we got in the locker room, almost everyone was gone. Kevin yeah. was standing there in a towel, and I said, "You better get dressed because you got to talk about seventy one. You've seen a lot of things in this building. I don't know. I've ever seen Kevin that excited about anything, oh. even winning the championship. Yeah. Kev, Kevin said it's the greatest thing I've seen in fifteen years, and he played with LeBron. He played with Kyrie. He was on the floor. Let's and, rate it. Is it? For, He's well, he, more Kevin Love tweeted this out this morning, by the way, which are his favorite moments as right. a Cavs. First thing he mentioned to me was the top one. Uh, yeah, that Ron, was crazy. Ron in game yeah. one, and I said when JR forgot the score. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I think he had a 50-point triple-double, didn't he? I think he did. In, 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 in game, game one. Yeah. In game one of the yeah. 18 series. Man, I forgot he scored 34 in the first quarter. Gets oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. That was but, at home. But what, what to you guys, and this it's so easy to be prisoner of the moment. can't top a playoff game. No, of course. It's no, different but stages. Here's the way I'm going to ask the question. Yeah. And I know that, you know, it's like saying, well, you're throwing, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? Yeah. But I'll preface it this way. Obviously, Rajay Davis hit a big home run. It was bigger because who it was against, the situation, and it was Game 7 of the World Series. But just for a second, if you can, and I know it's very difficult, wash Kyrie's three out of what it meant. Not what it meant, just your eyeballs watching it. 
Where does that rank for you guys in either Cavs' all-time great performances or Cleveland sports' all-time great performances? You talking about Mitchell? Mitchell last night. Oh, oh that to me, for me seeing it, probably like if you didn't even talk about Kyrie, it's like number one. You got to think about it. He only been here. Name me one player who who got traded to a team, never played with him before. Remember, we always talk about the, the Heat being 19 and 18, right? Right. When LeBron and Chris Bosh, name me one player that has ever been traded that comes to another team and gets 71. They don't even know how the offense. They don't. They, you got to figure it out for half the year. This dude came in and hit for 51. Not to mention he's already gone for 50 this year. Yeah. This dude I mean, it's is hard crazy. to compare. I like think you have to a regular season game and a yeah, I think you I, have that's to That's why I said and I know it's really yeah. hard. Our minds don't work that way. Our minds know that Rajay's and home run Rajay was Davis in the eighth inning moment, of game seven. Not a game. No, that's why I say yeah. take the moment and the magnitude of it out. Because I, when I did that this morning, and I did this exercise, and I tried to do it as fairly Jason's as I could. He's getting everybody sick. By I'm not. He's I mean, getting everybody <laughs> no, sick. I'm We're all going to be sick because of him. I'm at the oh, end of Oh, I this. didn't know he had eight rebounds either. Oh, heck no. Guys, Listen, he had, nah. was it 99 points 99. accounted for? Yeah, 99. It's the, the only second time most in NBA history. Second only, only to World's Will 100. And I heard you saying oh. something. I'm going to challenge what yeah. you said pre-show. So, uh, number one. You said. Anybody that compares this to Wilt Chamberlain's 100, that's that's idiotic. It's or whatever. idiotic, yes. I, I completely and could not disagree with you Well, anymore. it's okay for you to be wrong. I know it is. <laughs> yeah. But here's why, and yeah. I want you guys, you guys to weigh in. What Wilt did was a physical domination over everybody else that played the sport right. at mm -hmm. that time. He was a nine-footer playing with children. That's, that's exactly what it was. And they changed the that's, rules that's for this That's exaggerating man. a little no. bit. No, 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 no. Listen, that's unfair. It's not, unfair to, say, that's unfair. It's not unfair to say he was a man amongst boys. No, it's not. And it's unfair. No, 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 Nobody no, 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 could no, no, stop no. him. Physi it was so... Will was the, the greatest physical specimen right. ever to so, live. So, so he's penalized now? No, he's not penalized. However, I don't want... But Donovan gets extra points for being 6'1". That's exactly right. I don't want to penalize Donovan Mitchell. He's not being penalized. Right. Will scored 100 so, when there were no three-pointers. you're on one side. Yeah. I'm completely on the other. Is To me, I, I say Wilt's 100 is the most unbreakable record in sports. I don't yeah. think it will ever be done again. Unless there was a game that went to five or six overtime. Or unless they went into the game saying, LeBron, you're getting it every time. Jay, and Jay it, I got something very important. Okay, go ahead. Bull, <coughs> last week you were in Jay's chair, and you said nothing before the, the mid-60s count. count. There yeah. it is. Nothing. Nothing before the 60s. I changed it to the 60s. No, no, you can't do that. Well, I mean, same so, thing. So I'm going to ask you guys to be the Nothing before the 60s. Here, okay? Uh, we're clearly on opposite ends of the spectrum. You've made your case. I think Wiltz was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I don't think it will ever be topped. You didn't see it. However, you've never no. seen it. That's true. I mean, I've read about it. I've, I've, I've seen the picture. There's guys no video. By the way, there's no video of that game. Bull, yes. do you know, real quick, This I didn't know this till right now. Yeah. Do you know what the final score of that 100-point game was? Don't remember. Don't care. Very high scoring. 169 yeah. to 147. It, to me, it seemed like a freak show, like a carnival act. Like, hey, Will, you got 100 in you tonight? Yeah. It was also a traveling game. They played that in Hershey, PA. Mm -hmm. And at the time, That's a fact. remember, this was 20 years before the NBA was still playing their finals on tape delay. How many, on network TV. They were all, so, I don't, all those things are irrelevant. No, the reason I'm, it's not irrelevant because I had somebody who covered that game tell me this. How many after, That guy's senile at this point. Let's he, be well, well, he told me this yeah. in 2003. To, yeah. to, to his Here's what he said. He said, those traveling games were so big to the league because they were trying to grow their fan bases outside of the urban right. areas. So there was a there was an and I'm not taking anything away from this hundred. I'm trying to give it its proper context. There was an aura around all of those games. Guys, let's give them a show. We're here to win fans. That was it. Remember, 20 years later, this league was still playing their finals games on tape. I mean, I mean, you got to think about it. Half it's the, the highest scoring the regular season game, the game ever. Has ever. the guy scored over 70? Didn't he score five times? The, the, here's, huh? here's, didn't he score over 75 times? Gotta, Will? This I mean, is, come on. Did, yeah. This is it's very easy. domination. And there were no is, threes. This is no. very easy. Donovan Mitchell did it with threes in overtime. This, great. All-time great performance, but very, not Will Chamberlain. This is very easy. Will yeah. Chamberlain played in a time when it was almost segregation. There's like four black people playing. Let's be clear. Now... Guess what? 
The league is 75% black. Yeah, the competition's a little competition better now, Competition is crazy. You got Durant, you got LeBron, you got Yo. You're Team J on this, aren't you? Y- y- bro, this so is not even more close. impressive than Wilt's 100? Heck yeah. Uh, oh, Jason, wow. you're, you, you're, you can potentially end this debate. Heck yeah. So there, there's impressive. no pressure on you here. But, but here's the one. thing. If like, Jason's Team Bull, I will be the deciding factor. Okay. Well, All you're right. Gonna, very I, good. I think I am Team Bull for this reason. Okay. Because he scored 71, not 100. He assisted on 28. So we're comparing 71 to 100. Wilt didn't have an assist. No, but I know, but we're counting Donovan's assists as points in this debate. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. To me, I think it just throws more fuel on my fire for my argument. I thought that with those assists combined with his points and also the bucket that he had with three seconds to go, I've never, I mean, that is pure effort, what he did. I I want to spend 30 seconds on that, and then I, I guess for this, I hate you're going to go to Team Bull. I'm going to say Team Bull. Okay. Bowl, but that doesn't take away the fact. I saw yeah, things last night. I think night. it's an amazing game. I've oh, never unbelievable. Game. Y'all both crazy. I feel like but I'm not diminishing his right. accomplishments. Yeah, that I don't want to do. Yeah, y'all crazy. I think it's the best that I can remember since at least Jordan, if not more. That, like, right. It's more impressive than what Kobe did. It's more impressive but than Devin we're Booker. We're a sports show. That's what we do. Right. We debate. and yeah, we like. But it's also hard for me because I'll tell you a game that you probably don't even think about. Game seven at Boston in 2018. I was talking to Draymond Green about this. LeBron controlled the entire game. He didn't have that stat line. He and, and Draymond said he was telling people LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to control the other nine guys for 48 minutes, and he did. He played every minute of the game. Yeah. He controlled the entire game. It's hard to compare an Eastern Conference Finals game like that sure. when he didn't he, have the numbers right. to what Donovan did last night. But regular season, I've never seen anyone do it, what Donovan if did. You last count the but old, you're still team Will. I'm still here, team. Okay. If you go count, if you, if you yeah, hold on, no, hold on. If you gonna count the old dudes, count the old dudes. Because here's the thing: if you want to say people anoint Jordan and say all the Celtics rings don't count, they know him because it's more recent. They talk about Wilt Chamberlain all the time. They say he got 100 here, he got 100 here. Let's be clear: Wilt Chamberlain was not playing against the top of the cream of the crop. You got to look at it. People go back and look at Babe Ruth and say, Babe Ruth is cold, but there was a thing called segregation. No, I don't count that. It's the Babe 20s. Ruth could have hit a curveball to save his life. Well, so, so there were black players in the NBA in the 60s. Th- it was, wasn't four guys. It, was it, wasn't, it wasn't many. Uh, no, there was more two, than that, two, but it wasn't It wasn't the huge numbers. No, it Let was Mike make two points. The league I'm, looked very, very, yes, very Let Mike agreed. make two points, and I want to go back to that free throw. Okay, go ahead. Right. So, if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In totality. He's going to get this right, by the way. In totality, Mitchell created 99 points last night. Mm-hmm. In the 100-point game, Chamberlain created 104. He had two assists that game. Oh, I thought he had none. Okay, that's no, correct. two assists. He had 25 rebounds. However, the reason I believe Mitchell By the way, that's more- a stupid stat to say he only created... His rebound might have led to points for other guys. Well, so that's stupid too. I mean, well, no, but it's, it's, it's direct creation. It's assist or you points. Draw line the guy's got to yeah, yeah, draw a line shot. somewhere. I mean, come come on, that's, that's that's point, and this is why yeah. Jay and G are on the right side of this. Is Demar Derozan would have been an alien right. in 1962. Demar Derozan would have scored 182 <laughs> points Thank every you. time he stepped oh, on the give field. Give me a break. Oh no, he would have. Caruso. He would have. Alex Caruso would have averaged 53 points in 1962. That's ridiculous. Havlicek who if Caruso's back there? Havlicek can dribble with his left hand. Come on, stop it. Hey, we said we'd live by the results of Mikey McNuggets. Alex Caruso. Hey, my God, we're living by the... Hey, these dudes was running around here. Check this, cat. Who does this? Wilt Chamberlain wasn't doing any of that stuff. All the people he was playing with was doing it. Who cares about Wilt Chamberlain? You're talking about the 50s and the 40s. I can't dribble with this We're talking about this because it was... I saw a lot of debate on this last night. I saw a lot of people throw it out there. And I wanted to save it for the show. That's true. Because I did hear Bull said before the show started... Oh, some, some moron on Twitter said it's Will. No. And, and Cavs fans are definitely not biased about this at all. No. I, listen, if, if I, I, I would bet, I had been asked before, was I more impressed with Kobe's 81? And my answer to that is yes. Because of what we're talking about, different game. 
I, I, I think it's funny that now I you're was a victim more impressed with Donovan rule. Mitchell than Kobe's 81. How about I that? I wasn't. I was. Kobe's 81 that was a is meaningless still, game. It, it was still more impressive to me. Cody's, Kobe's 81, to me, the, the fact, is still more impressive. It's even more impressive the fact that it was a meaningless game. This dude is out there like, I'm not – we talk about, about the, Donovan Mitchell? We talk about the competition. No, Kobe's. We talk about the – You're com- saying Kobe's is better than no, Donovan No, I'm talking about in general. When we say, oh, it's a meaningless game, we got to count the playoffs. We talk about why players don't play, why they don't be competitive, why they always buddy-buddy, why in Tuesday, in Tuesday in the Milwaukee, you ain't going to show up or Indiana. This dude was down yeah. 20 points. No, but, gee, I'm saying oh. it's. I'm saying this one is more impressive than Kobe. I think both is impressive. Well, because, of course they're both impressive. Be, they're be all impressive. The fact impressive. that he needed overtime to get there, to me, does give me Kobe the edge, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, but in Kobe, my mind. That game was completely meaningless at the end of the year for Kobe. Real no, quick. It wasn't. Kobe was at the end of his No, year. the 81 game was like in January. It was no. in January. I know, but it was his last season, wasn't it, or not? No, no, no. No, no, no. it wasn't his last season. No, you know what? What did he do in his last game? I think I'm confusing it with the Yeah, 60 in his last game. 81 was in like 2005. It was against Jalen Rose. Yeah. No offense. We love Jalen, but it was. Why do we love Jalen? Jalen's been torched for some big numbers in the past. How do you love him? I'm a big Jalen Rose was the first celebrity ever tweeted me and had a debate with me. So Jalen Rose always <laughs> Jalen Rose is part of the Fab Five. What you Jaylen's talking about? Jalen's a, a great dude too. I, I can confirm. Can we get Jalen on the show? I, I, you know what? I bet we, I bet he would do it. I'll reach out to him right now. Well, while you're doing I that, I'll get some memberships and then bring in Aditi because Aditi may have a special guest with her today. We I'm might let sure. Jalen be the, the final vote on that. Right, guys, we got to talk about memberships here for a minute. Become a. Uh, Starters tier, $1.99, you get the emojis and the badges, and then you get the coaches tier, $4.99 per month. That's your favorite, isn't it? Love the coaches tier. You get the bonus content, which we'll do today. Uh, Anthony and Mike had an embarrassingly bad topic. We're going to scrub and get... Oh, what, wait, was, it? what wait. was it? I thought it was awesome. But they were basing it on a fake tweet. Well, I know, the, the, the but tweet it was, is irrelevant. It's more the, the tweet was irrelevant. It was the jumping off point for the conspiracy, which I had. Well, I had right. ready to Can go. Can we get that? Can but we you can't get, give I this guy know any mention or any credit. It's fake and it's embarrassing that Wait. you guys thought this guy was legit. Oh, 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 it has been discredited. It's of course it's discredited. The guy's not a real guy. It's a made up. Bull discredited it. Wait, How are you going to swear to something I don't no, know about? No, listen, I reached out this morning to a Yankees writer and said, is this dude legit? And he said, yes. No. So wait, we're saying what? it's. We're saying no. We have we have a source debate here. I've spoken Who's to three correct? people that YouTube, cover the Mets. Put on YouTube chat. Who is better? Okay, well that's Bible or Jay right now. By the by the way, this is the worst television ever. This is the <laughs> biggest is inside bad. joke. Because we didn't even we don't even say what it is. But that's why they got to become a member. Okay, that's the because you know what? I, it's a fascinating topic. It's a good yeah. jump. Even if it point. ends up being fake. Yeah. I have I have something that it reminded me of. Subscribe you and you go. can figure by out if it's fake or real. By the way, Jim Brown, he doesn't count then, right? If, if Will Chamberlain doesn't count, then Jim Brown doesn't that's count. That's your rule. Yeah. If it happened before 1960. No, no you, that's your rule. Uh, 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 I didn't you're discounting Chamberlain. I didn't co-sign that well, rule. Well, I think I didn't the NFL that. was more integrated in 1965. Guys, we got, you guys just said Alex Caruso would be the best player in the 60s. I didn't that's say that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. We get buckets. <laughs> For did, the record, I don't co-sign that, and I disagreed with it when I heard it. Mikey probably thinks he could have played in the NBA in the 60s. Alex Caruso. I would have been the best shooter ever in the 60s. Oh, my God. No, Ivis would have been the best shooter ever in the 60s. Oh, my God. Delusion, Mikey McNuggets. Wait, YouTube poll. Is, yeah, do what's YouTube more impressive? Hey, put the poll What's up. more impressive, Wilts 100 or 71 from Mitchell last we night? We, we, currently have, we currently have a YouTube poll running. Who is better, sources Jay or Bull? So when that's done, no five-minute YouTube poll. Hey, hey, you, Mitchell 71. And, and, and by the way, if for you Wilt. put Kobe's in there, I guarantee Chamberlain coming third. Put Kobe in. Get him all the way up out of here. Yep, let's see. We're going to get Chamberlain off the sticks, period. (laughs) And Jason right now looks like the the Grim Reaper. Does he not look like the Grim Reaper right now? Aditi, please save us. Aditi. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.